Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And, of course, they have Junior Bergen T-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. All the neon with the From the Kurtz Polaris studio, here is Ryan Tutel and Coulter Nuanez. Welcome back. Hour number two. This is my favorite track of 2020 so far, right here. This one. Who is it? Uh, young and Sick. So for those of you that really are into finding new music, tune in to the new show on the trail. There you 6 go. 6 p.m. to 7 p.m. every Tuesday. It's also um, podcasted every Friday. Your favorite DJ Tommy Evans still rolling on the trail on Tuesdays, and uh, I heard this on his show once upon a time, and I've listened to it no less than 500 times since. You know what? I like this. It's a good song, right? Yeah. Young and Sick's cool. They I, I I listened to their whole first two albums. It's it's good, really good. Would you say Young and Sick is sick? Hmm. Stutel Nuanas, 102.9 ESPN Radio. We're sick, not literally, only in the sweet sense. The biggest casualty of the old studio is that we forgot his calendar of dad jokes. But it, he has them all You upstairs. may think that, Coulter. Yeah, yeah. It's actually the only thing he remembers is dad jokes. Yeah. If I could tell you how many times my four-year-old has asked me, knock, knock, who's there interrupting Cal? That doesn't get old at all, <laughs> that joke. Uh, boys and girls, we are happy to be on time with our ESPN roundtable. By the way, if you missed anything in the first hour of the show, it is brought to us on the podcast, all podcasting platforms, by Blackfoot. We appreciate them for doing that. You can also listen live at 1029ESPN.com. And all guests join us when they do via the Rangish Brothers RV phone line. Each Wednesday, about this time, we like to do our ESPN roundtable. Uh, usually it centers on sporting uh, figures around the state uh, of Montana. This time... We do talk some sports, but it's a much wider-ranging conversation with our friend Justin Angle. He hosts a new Angle podcast. He is a professor at the University of Montana in the business school, and uh, this podcast that he's had has been going on for, for quite a while, a couple of years now, uh, over well over 100 episodes, and uh, he has done a spectacular job with it. This thing has grown and gotten bigger and bigger, and, and, and uh, for my money, 
our podcast aside, as good as it gets on the podcasting world at the local level here, and especially the guests that he's had and the information that he's had, and and they have started running a concurrent series with the COVID virus that has specifically had guests on who are experts from the economic side of this to the health side of this to the cultural and societal sides of these things, and uh, and Justin himself is you know, something of an expert along those lines as well in his own right. So uh, great to talk with him again. We want you to go listen and subscribe to his podcast as well, A New Angle, which is great. I've been listening to it and uh, and uh, enjoy this conversation. Go ahead, Colter. I know you got something for it. Well, I mean, Justin's one of my favorite guys to talk to in the in in our community and in this, in this state because I think not only is, an, is he an intellectual, not only does he have an awesome entrepreneurial spirit, but he's also a rational guy who can see – both sides of the aisle, so to speak. Not a lot of bias or influence in him. He really looks at everything objectively, and that's yeah. very rare this day and age, and I really appreciate that. But every time we've had conversations with him, whether it's on the record or off the record, we almost never have a plan, and they almost turn it, they almost always, well, not almost always, always are riveting because because of just the ability to conversate with an open mind, and I yeah. really appreciate that about Justin. And the Paradise Round, or the Paradise Roundtable, the ESPN Roundtable continues to be pre- presented by... Paradise Falls will keep you up to date with Paradise Falls and all our other great sponsors when, what, what they're doing, when they can open back up, and all those other things. But uh, Paradise Falls continues to proudly sponsor the ESPN Roundtable. Enjoy our conversation with the host of a new angle podcast, Justin Angle. Well, welcome in to the ESPN Roundtable and a special edition of the Roundtable this Wednesday. Very happy to be joined by business professor uh, at the University of Montana and the uh, proprietor, proprietor and engine behind a new angle podcast friend of the show, Justin angle joining us once again. And Justin, thanks so much for being here. Such an interesting time that we're in and you are, you are in it at a sort of a variety of levels as a professor, as a, as a podcaster and that, but let's talk about the podcast, especially recently, because I think what you've done with a new angle podcast has been uh, really compelling in this, you know, time where we we're having this virus and we're having an economic shutdown and you're kind of uniquely positioned as a business professor and having sort of an economic layer to this, obviously also though, as a guy who's got uh, maybe some connection and ability to get folks from, from the health world on, but tell people who maybe haven't yet tapped into a new angle, what the recent podcasts have been, who's been on it and kind of what you've been trying to do to make this more than just entertainment, but really a, a helpful piece of content for for everybody in our city and our state sure well thanks for having me on guys and it's good to good to hear your voice and and reconnect a bit um yeah so you know we've been doing this podcast i don't know two plus years and it's been a regular interview show and, and the basic premise is to to do interviews with people that i think uh people who are listening can learn from and as as the show develops some momentum and we got to episode 100 last December. Uh, we started to, I started to do a, a week, a monthly series with uh, a good friend, Bryce Ward, who's an economist and just a, a really thoughtful um, communicator on a lot of current issues. And so Bryce and I wanted to start to weigh in on some important societal issues, whether it's economic inequality, whether it's, um, burnout, whether it's uh, material insecurity, some, some sort of more systemic problems. And so we had been doing that a couple months and then coronavirus kind of really became super salient in February, late February, early March. And we just decided we had to, had to kind of get an episode up 
and, 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 and cover that. So the two of us um, did an episode, uh, just kind of tried to translate current events, current science, uh, epidemiological science, and, and economics to try to translate it as best as we could to, to our listeners. And that was well-received. And so we partnered with uh, Grant Keir from Missoula Economic Partnership and Susan Hay-Patrick, um, the CEO of United Way of Missoula County, to try to do this more regularly. And so we're recording a conversation every Friday and then publishing that conversation in the regular podcast feed on Monday mornings. So it's called the Co- Collab. I'm sorry, the COVID Collab. It's a little bit more pithy than I think is probably appropriate, but... <laughs> Try to make some fun out of this to the extent I can. Um, Yeah, just trying to figure out ways to translate current events and information to people, um, connect them with the source in certain cases, and also um, try to inform people as to how they can give and get help because there's people that are in need and there's people that have capacity to give. So that's that's our objective, and it, it seems like it's providing some value to the community. So it's, it's been um, a real rewarding way to, to I think, use the pre- platform we've developed appropriately right now. As somebody that's worked in the media for a long time, obviously information is, is our most essential thing. And the most striking part about this whole thing to me has been both the prevalence but also um, the complicated nature of attaining information. Accurate information. I think that's like Ryan was saying before we got started. I think that was that's the thing that pe- maybe people are the most scared about is just the uncertainty. What do you think of that element, and how do you hope this podcast maybe uh, helps direct that element of this, and maybe gives people some good, accurate, solid information going forward? Uh, I think there's a couple of ideas that that brings to mind, Coulter. And the first is that you know when Bryce and I kind of conceptualize this interrogation of broader topics. We wanted to do so with a commitment to the facts as we can ascertain them, to be data-informed, data-driven. And that's what Bryce is particularly good at. He, he pours into the, 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 the sort of primary data and, and drives insights from that. And so that perspective then sort of layered on top of the, the immediacy of the situation thought we were well poised to kind of translate economic and health data in such a way that made sense to our community and not try to put a political spin on it or, or sort of be optimistic or pessimistic. We just sort of said, Hey, here's what we're seeing and here's what we think it means for you. And then when you enter in Grant and Susan, I mean, they are grants like on the front lines with what business owners are seeing and feeling so those stories are real. I mean, somebody comes in and says, hey, you know, my revenues have been cut by 80%. I'm running out of cash. What do I do? Like, that's, you can't really spin that, right? And, and so he's on the front lines dealing with that. Susan is is facing that in the, in the, um, in the nonprofit space as a nonprofit leader, but also, you know, getting the pulse of the community, understanding people in need at a really um, super intimate level. And so there's an authenticity to it that I think um, is maybe how, how, I mean, yeah, that's what we're trying to do. We're just trying to be authentic and truthful and um, add value 
And sometimes that's trying to take all the information we can and, and give people our version of how to make sense of it, if that makes sense. Justin Angle, our guest, New Angle Podcast is the podcast that you need to go download, listen uh, to on the weekly, especially now. And Justin, you're, you're in an interesting position because you, you have gotten – sort of had this thing already in motion and then it turned out that events sort of catered to it, I guess you might say in terms of, of really hoping that it's of benefit to the, to your listeners, but you're also, you know, from a, from a business standpoint, you're an expert in your own right. And you have been privy to a lot of people who are experts in their respective fields in this last month or so, as you've been talking to these different folks, Grant, Susan, and plenty of others, and also people from the health world, What's the thing that maybe has stood out to you the most or that maybe you've taken away the most in those conversations regarding COVID or, or, or the economy or the, the, you know, the, the state of Montana in general in relation to all of this? I think two things. First is that you know, this is this event that's unfolding and it's new for all of us. None of us have lived through something like this. It's affecting all of us. It's like we're all sharing in this experience, but we're all – experiencing it in very individual ways is hitting people so differently, um, the stressors. And so that's, it's, it's this strange moment where, I, and, you know, I feel like we have these instincts to come together, but those instincts sometimes are not the right thing to do, right? We should not congregate, but uh, yeah, so there's that. And that's kind of become a reality. And within that, to me, the most inspiring thing of the whole process is just sort of seeing the creative things people are doing to reinvent their business, to help other people. Um, last week, we had Justin Bruce on, and Justin is the COO, Chief Operating Officer of Coaster Cycles, which is a manufacturing company out in the Bonner Mill area that makes delivery bikes um, for a variety of businesses big clients all over the country and they essentially had to lay off their whole workforce when this thing came down and then they figured out well heck we can we can take our expertise in manufacturing and, our, and, and what we do well and repurpose that towards building personal protective equipment um, for St. Pat's for companies or you know hospitals in New York and so they repurposed their business they figured out how to hire everybody back and those sorts of stories are amazing. That um, could be just, you know, a story of an individual um, just doing something to help in the community, whether it's, creating, you know, John Wicks figuring out how to get coffee to uh, emergency room physicians and medical providers. So, yeah, people like that and those stories are really, they really illustrate to me how wonderful a community we live in and, um, kind of the whole reason I started doing this broader interview podcast is the awesomeness of the, the community and to, to kind of see it in action at a moment where we really need it has been, been really uh, fulfilling. Yeah. I totally agree with those sentiments and it has been, you know, in a, with our line of work, not only having to be creative with sports radio, but also the fact that we do a lot of advertising sales and we're in touch with so many business owners. It's been very inspiring to talk to these people and see the ways that they're pivoting and the ways that people in Montana, especially Missoula, have been able to figure this thing out. But broadly, I mean, this is a town that has a ton of small businesses in it. And I think the University of Montana Business School deserves a lot of credit for that, uh, for producing people with entrepreneurial minds and spirits. But have you considered and thought about what the long-term 
economic impacts, particularly for small businesses in small towns like Missoula, will be for when this all when all of this uh, I guess passes. Yeah, I mean, I think it's one of those things you you, you think about a lot. Um, I mean, a lot of people have opinions, but it just seems super difficult to predict. So I was having this conversation with a, a friend this morning. Like anybody who says they're 100 percent sure of this or that on the other end of this thing. I, w- I wouldn't trust them at all. Like we're just, it's just so much uncertainty. Um, you know, there's, there's, there's a lot of examples. There are businesses, I think that, you know, that won't recover. Um, and that's not to say their business is bad. It's just not set up to endure uh, a shut off of revenue for an extended period of time. And maybe, maybe we have government programs that can help whether it's at the federal or state or local level, um, I'm hopeful, you know, because a lot of the fundamentals of the, I mean, we can debate about the strength of the economy in general back to February, January, but, you know, I think it, it, it record, uh, record low unemployment and generally a lot of healthy indicators of economic um, success. And those dynamics aren't necessarily gone, um, but we can't turn it back on like a faucet, like we said. So, some companies reinvent themselves and create new revenue streams and are able to endure that way. Other companies are able to hunker down and, and minimize cash expenditures and, 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 and make it. And then another set of businesses won't survive. The thing I wonder about the most right now is, you know, we're a state that relies a lot on the tourist economy, the tourism economy, and we're heading into prime season Yet that is a really high risky, high risk industry right now. We have a big influx of people from other places. How do we responsibly manage that? Uh, I don't know. It's going to take really thoughtful leadership and policy. One thing we've talked about so much is the the economic engine that is the athletic department at the University of Montana. Mm-hmm. I think overlaying what we do for a living and you being on campus and and teaching many of these student athletes and all of that. But have you considered the economic impact? if college football specifically, but just, just college sports in general is either put on pause or, or you know, canceled going forward, suspended for a, an indefinite amount of time. Have you thought about that in terms of the University of Montana? Yeah, I mean, that's going to be tough, right? right. The, the athletic department derives so much of its revenue from football. It's such a driver of economic activity at the university, but also in the community. And you know, those home games are such important events uh, for bringing money and spirit into the town. Um, so the law, the potential loss of those events is, is really difficult. Um, and I'm sure a guy like you know Ken Haslam is losing some sleep over trying to figure out how to how to manage that risk as we go forward. But it seems, you know, the world moves fast. What it looks like tomorrow might be different than what it looks like today, but it's hard to imagine putting 26,000 people in a stadium to watch a football game right now. Um, I'd like to think we'll be there, but, uh, you know, and then, you know, Montana's just one small example of this dynamic playing out across the country on a variety of levels. I mean, we, we, ton of our economy is built on congregating as groups. And if we can't do that um, for the, you know, for a long period of time, we're really going to have to 
figure out some other solutions if we, if we can. Just, Justin Angle joining us, business professor at the University of Montana and proprietor of a new Angle podcast. Check out his podcast. Uh, some great guests in there. We'll get some more into that. But continuing this conversation, Justin, the thing that I think is interesting, too, on the collegiate sports front is the major sports universities in the country. We know, you know who they are, football, basketball, and so on. If they play their games and there's no fans in the stadiums, it's still such a huge financial boon because yeah. of the television deals that exist for them. At other places, and this includes many FBS schools, you know, the MAC or whatever on Tuesday nights, and certainly in the Big Sky Conference, if there's no gate, there is no revenue for the University of Montana. I mean, it's actually probably a loss, a financial loss to be playing these games, regardless of whatever route sports you know, uh, the contract is or something like that. And I think that's part of this whole thing that, that you know, when, when we've talked, when the national conversation about sports returning has been, well, it will still be a major financial boon for, you know, the professional leagues and, and, you know, for college athletics and stuff. And that is true to a level. And then once you are below that level, it be, the inverse can become true, it seems to me. And that is sort of the situation that not just the University of Montana, but FCS, football nationwide is probably in right yeah i'd agree with that i feel like this this whole crisis is kind of an accelerant of so many different things you know when you look at that look, the, the situation you laid out there ryan is sort of one of inequality right like you've got the big powerhouse um schools in collegiate sports that have major revenue from tv deals um, that's not the case in Montana. Sure. Yeah. We get our football and basketball on TV, but it's not, doesn't compare it to the revenues from the gate, I would assume. Um, so if you dry that up, yeah, it's like the rich get richer and, uh, the poor really have a hard time surviving. Um, and yeah, you wonder what that does for college sports. Cause if you're down to like Texas, Michigan, Stanford, like you <laughs> I mean, who else, right? Yeah, Stanford will be fine. Let's just be clear. Stanford's going to be okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. that. that, Again, like, how do you – I don't even know how to make predictions in this space. Uh, And if you're you're the University of Montana Athletics Department, how do you – you can't really create an alternative for that kind of stadium revenue. Um. Do you, do you engage in massive cutting of costs? Do you, at the same time, like the football team is in many ways, I mean, we've debated this before the three of us, like the football team at these universities is a lot of time the welcome mat. And that's a huge function for bringing students here. And we need students. Uh, we need, and a lot of having students here is pro- providing them with a, a, an awesome experience and a community and those sorts of things. And, and, our ability to do those things is seriously at risk right now. Justin, I want to ask you about your life as a, as a professor, as a faculty member at the university, because it's certainly shifted drastically. uh, I mean, at least in the the face-to-face deal, I think I, uh, I believe I saw a tweet from president Bodner that said prior to spring break, there had been like 50 online classes. And then after spring break, it was like 1200 and the, and the speed with which the university in general got online in order to, 
I mean, I thought shift very quickly in, in response to what was going on and had the help of having had spring break kind of happen right in the heart of it. But for you, what did you see as a, as a professor, as a faculty member, both for your own class and then university-wide? Overall, I've been super impressed by how quickly the university uh, reacted and was able to sort of rapidly move all of our programming to remote instruction. Um, that, I mean, it's hard to get an institution to move fast to do anything. In some ways, institutions are not, they're built to move slowly by design in some ways. Right. There are reasons for that. I occasionally pull my hair out. <laughs> reasons for that. Um, but in this instance, we had to move. And I, I'm, I, I think there's going to be some long-term benefits to that. You, you take an organization that has maybe moved more slowly than some have wanted at times, and you force it to move fast, and people realize, wow, now I am, I am capable of change. I am capable of innovating. I am capable of thinking what I, about what I do differently. So that's good. Um, you know, I think if we're in this situation for the long term, like if we're into remote instruction in the fall, if it's not safe to bring students back in the fall, really got, really got to take a hard look at what the product looks like. I mean, if we're just trying to compete at straight online education with other competitors that are better funded and more experienced in online, that doesn't seem like a game I want to be playing. Um, so I, I, I'm kind of trying myself and encouraging others to be thinking about what are, what are the things that makes University of Montana distinct? Um, what can we do uniquely well? And how do we package that in a remote format? Um, whether it's the content, whether it's the form, I think all of these conversations need to be, well, they are happening. And um, you know, we really need to be pro proactively scenario planning. Yeah. You know, I, can I, I want to ask you a little bit just more detail on that point, though, because, you know, when people say, you know, think about the University of Montana, they may think about the law school, the J school, forestry program, business school, that sort of thing. But when you, on the inside, you go, okay, and you've been around. You've been, you know, from the Ivy League, the University of Washington, to the University of Montana. So you, you can compare and contrast with, with uh, some authority. What do you, what stands out to you about the University of Montana, particularly from a student perspective? Like, what is it that, that you do do really well that you think should attract kids? I think my experience is access to, uh, to the people teaching your classes. You know, when I was an undergrad at Penn, I very rarely had relationships with my instructors. Um, sometimes it was a relationship with a grad student that was teaching the class, but it was like a 200-person lecture, and then I didn't know the professor, and I just knew the, the grad student teaching the recitation section or whatever we called it. Um, that's kind of structural, but at University of Montana, there's – there's just tremendous access to the faculty, and, and that's a great thing. Um, it's inspiring to me. Like, I've made it – it's one thing that attracted me to this job, um, and it's been a value I've tried to bring to my practice of teaching is to be accessible, to have the door open, to always have conversations with students. To We have so many non-traditional students, so many first-generation college students, and – that's a really big deal, making that investment in yourself and your family. And, you know, I, I really, 
I think that's a distinctive thing that we offer. And that's one thing that becomes more difficult to recreate in the online format, but it is possible to recreate it. So I think we really have to think about how best to do that. It's interesting your comments about some of the stuff that's maybe changing for the better in terms of efficiency. This is kind of forcing us to learn. I've been thinking about this from a business perspective, particularly like what we're doing right now. We're on a Zoom call. None of us had to drive anywhere to do this. I mean, so that saves resources, right? And I wonder what the overall impact just on the way people strategize and form businesses is moving forward. Because I think in some elements, like Ryan and I, we have to go to our radio studio to broadcast our show. We need to have the equipment. But I think there's also a lot of different things now in the world business-wise where people don't necessarily need an office. The social interaction is great. Having being able to talk to the kids is great. But just from a pure efficiency standpoint, we'll see. But I think that this might actually accelerate businesses uh, moving forward. Have you thought about that element of things, just the way that this might make things more efficient across the board business-wise? Yeah, I do wonder about that a lot. Um in terms of, you know, I bet things, I, I would bet companies are going to like rethink travel, right? Like if you're a consultant and you fly out to the job site every Sunday night and fly back every Thursday, like that's a huge swath of the professional services industry. Do they really need to do that? Right. Do you need the expense of that travel? Do you need the carbon footprint of all of that if that's important to you and your company? So yeah, things like that are probably going to get, um, there's going to be some shakeout of expenses. Um, but at the same time, you know, I, though this is a nice approximation of what we could do in the studio, there's, there's, I'm noticing a real fatigue that I get with these zoom conferences. No question. Um, there's some, it's probably cause you're talking to Coulter and I is probably <laughs> the issue. Yeah. That seems, yeah, that could be it. Um, not at all. Come on. <laughs> This is the highest energy moment of my day. Yeah, right. Lock and load. <laughs> but I do think there's like, there, there's something missing in terms of the social cues in a conversation and the rhythm. And I think the absence of that like creates a cognitive load that, that is taxing. And I find myself getting tired in different ways at different times during the day. And then I ultimately wonder like, how's that affecting the quality of the decision-making in meetings or the, you know, the outcome of a teaching interaction or whatever the, the, the content objective is, I, I think there, there's probably outcomes that we don't really even realize. Some of them maybe are better, but I, I think we're losing something as well that has yet to be understood. You know, it's interesting. I, uh, I have had a couple of Zoom beers with friends and things like that in my living room. Right. And initially, the novelty of it was like a lot of fun. And we're having you know, a good time. And, and, uh, you know, there's various different, uh, uh, you know, apps that do some different things that can be fun with games and stuff like that. But also you're right. You're like, well, okay. By like the, the third or fourth one, you're like, well, okay. I mean, we're just sort of sitting here on this screen and not of a day. I mean, you know, space it out over a couple of weeks, but you know, I mean, what is just me? Am I the only one with multiple zoom beers going on? Am I it? That's it. Yeah. I try to have like, four or five of those a day. That's as much as I can handle. Hence <laughs> <laughs> the fatigue maybe. Um, but yeah, you're right. Like the, the, the novelty of it wore off very quickly, yeah. I guess, yeah. you know, and, and on one hand, that's kind of good, right? Because it, it shows us maybe an added element of, of the sometimes 
uh, you know, ineffable humanity of what it is to be together. And also I think certainly heightens the value. I've, I've felt a certain value that I've never felt before for strangers during this whole thing where you're like, I'm, I'm acting against my own uh, desires and preferences to benefit people that I do not know. Mm. And, and I think there's a level of, of sort of, I guess, grace and dignity that accompanies all of that. Uh, but also that's sort of an ethereal thought for what is a pragmatic hardship across the board, across the globe right now. And particularly the longer that it lasts, the, the less substantial effects it seems like those sorts of ideas might, might have, uh, you know, in terms of people going, well, okay, I was happy to do things for strangers for a month. Am I happy to do things for strangers for six months? Maybe I'm not anymore. And, and I mean, I think we're already seeing a little bit of that, right? Yeah, it's, it's a weird time in terms of how these dynamics play out. I mean, we think about social distancing, right? You do this thing, you isolate yourself from others. And in many ways, you, look, you, you could view it as a, as a move to protect yourself and those around you, your family. But at the same time, like it, it, you taking that action affects the health of strangers in this abstract way that sometimes it's hard to grasp. You know, me getting sick, like, sure, the disease could be really bad. Like, it, it could kill anybody, and it has, but it's more likely to kill people with pre-existing condition that are older, you know. So me not getting sick, like me taking an effort to not get sick, maybe helps somebody else that I don't even know be able to get the medical care they need in the event that they get sick or right. getting sick. So right. These, yeah, these, these kind of dynamics of how your actions have ripple effects, whether it's to a stranger that you see or to a stranger you, you, you never see. Um, it's, it's wacky to think about. Justin angle joining us. A new angle podcast is uh, where you want to go to, find out a bunch of great information and uh, listen to uh, Justin as well as a host of guests that he's had uh, in relation to uh, the COVID-19 specifically COVID collab has been the recent sub series or concurrent series along with the standard new angle podcast, which is now in its uh, second year, well over a hundred episodes outstanding. And Justin, I think, Maybe to end here, a highlight, uh, is this the most recent uh, podcast uh, uh, episode off tour with Pearl Jam and Fitz and the Tantrums, uh, John Wick and Jeff Amon, obviously two uh, pretty well-known local artists with a couple of small up-and-coming bands that I think have a chance to be pretty good. Uh, but, uh, you, you, you know, not everything that we do is hard work, right? Sometimes we get to have a little bit of fun, but talk to us about that a little bit. Well, that was super fun experience. I mean, I've known uh, John Wicks for, for quite a while, and, and they've been super supportive of the podcast, both in terms of him coming on as a guest, and then, you know, they give us coffee for the studio, which you two have had a cup of, the drum coffee in the studio. Very much appreciated that. Totally. Um, you know, then when I launched this thing, one of the first – guests I really wanted to get was Jeff Ament from Pearl Jam. And I knew he, you know, at, at vocal roots, Montana guy and, and active, um, kind of a sneaky, quiet way. And so many important things in our community, whether it's the Pavarella center or the skate parks or the Zach. And so, you know, he came on a couple of years ago as one of the first episodes and 
as this crisis was unfolding, it just seemed like, you know, hey, let's, let's give some people voices they can get stoked about. And so that episode felt really good to put together um, in the sense that, you know, those are two people that you know, hearing their voices is exciting to people. It's certainly exciting to me. So I, I was grateful that they were willing to share some time. And ironically, they both have some time. Um, Jeff and his crew had to cancel or postpone a tour, and, and John was at the very tail end of the tour. So it was interesting to talk about how those decisions unfolded in their various bands and implications of those decisions. And kind of, we got into some creativity in this time of isolation and what that might mean for art. So it was a super fun conversation that came out last week, and um, it's been one of our better episodes. So I'm glad it, it resonated with some folks and. and Hopefully it was entertaining, positive. Justin Angle, business professor at the University of Montana and a New Angle podcast. You can go online to a newanglepodcast.com or if you actually know what you're doing, you, you can subscribe to a podcast on any of the podcasting platforms. A New Angle is the name of it and uh, it's the best there is in terms of local content, uh, especially stuff that's meaningful, entertaining and really, really well done. Justin, as always, man, really appreciate this. It was a great conversation. Thanks for being a part of it. Yeah, thanks, fellas. Always great to chat, to reconnect and um, keep doing what you're doing because, you know, people need to vent their spleens about sports. <laughs> 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 yes, they do. About the 97-98 Bulls specifically right. for the next several weeks. That's what we're right. Did you, what, can, do we have a second? What did you think of the first couple of episodes of the dance or the last dance? Okay, I thought they were going to each be an hour long, but they were each three and a half minutes. I mean, it just flew by. I couldn't believe it as I was watching it that I'm like, I can't believe we're already at the end of this. But it that that is the heart and soul of my entire youth as a sports fan the chicago bulls and the nba jordan the whole thing uh, as i've told Coulter many times it ruined uh, my entire actual sporting life because the one sport that i could be the worst at in the world is basketball for sure and that's the one that i just had to invest every you know ounce <laughs> of sweat that i had into uh which ultimately was a cul-de-sac for me very early on but uh I, I thought it was great. I loved it, and I knew I was going to love it, but I certainly did, and I think the next several weeks, I mean, I can't – I think this thing's just going to launch, Coulter. What do you think? Absolutely. It it uh, showed me how truly addicted we are to sports because I agree, like, it was over like that. And then I was, like, sad. I wanted to rewatch it again <laughs> or find something else. I mean, I needed, I needed another hit. I needed another fix. Uh, but I also thought – I mean, so many things, but – First and foremost, the most amazing part of the whole thing, and I think that Michael Jordan's greatest gift beyond athleticism, beyond it drive, competitiveness, is his ability to handle fame. Mm -hmm. Everybody else that reaches that level of fame just disintegrates, and he didn't. And that's it's amazing. Like It's a, such a gift that he was able to do that. Well, he went away, right? I mean, right. that was the right. thing. Like, we have, we don't hear from Michael Jordan anymore, which is part of the draw of this thing. You mean he's going to sit down here with a whiskey and a cigar and swear this is the greatest thing that I've ever seen in my life? Yeah, no, totally. What did yeah. you think of, Justin? Oh, man. I mean, same sort of visceral emotion. Like, just I love watching the Bulls and just all of those old pieces of footage just give you such goosebumps from formative years um, the only other thing that's kind of come close to it as far as that type of content was the, I hate Christian Leitner, uh, 30 for 30. Cause that one like was a laser beam <laughs> in my high school days. Um, 
<laughs> yeah, the kind of the, the story behind the story. I mean, when you're in it, you sort of feel like, oh, yeah, you know, it's, it'd be really a shame. Yeah, I, I guess I didn't really understand kind of the dynamics of the team and the coach and the contracts and the general manager, like all those things. So the setting up of that in the, in the first episode, I thought was, was really well done. And it kind of, I learned a lot that I hadn't, you know, I thought I knew the story. I thought it was just going to be like glory days. And this was cool to kind of rethink it, you know, with whatever 20 years of perspective on how life actually works. Um, yeah, I, I'm super stoked to see the remaining, the remaining sets of the series. And I'm thankful that, um, yeah, what a good call by ESPN to move up uh, release of this to right now. I mean, they have the whole – it's like they have a Super Bowl ten times in a row. <laughs> it's so true. If, if By the time follow, when they really need it, and we need it. If you follow Bill Simmons, who's the the executive chief of, of The Ringer, he's yeah. going to have the director and the producer on this week on his podcast. One thing I think people don't realize is that this thing's actually not done. It wasn't supposed to be released until June. So they have seven episodes done, but they don't have the last three. And Simmons has teased a couple times in recent weeks that the, these guys that are coming on are just a mess because they're just trying to get this <laughs> thing done and they don't want to mess it up. But now it's like you have to accelerate it. And so I can't imagine being a creative person and having to accelerate the production of this because you obviously want to get it right. And I just, I hope they don't rush it, but so far so good. Yeah, it's a beautiful thing. I'm glad you guys are enjoying. I it. can't imagine. I can't imagine being a creative person. That would be great. <laughs> Stick figures for me. That's what I'm about. Uh, Justin, hey man, always appreciate you. Thanks so much. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Happy trails. Roundtable with Justin Angle, professor of business at the University of Montana, host of a New Angle podcast. Did listen, by the way, well to about the first half, a little more than that of his uh, uh, podcast with Jeff Amon and John Wicks. Really, really fun, interesting stuff, and uh, enjoyed it very much, and, and generally enjoy the uh, New Angle podcast. So go check that out wherever you get your podcast. You can go to a newanglepodcast.com. If you're, you know, old school like that, some of us, I actually Googled how to get a podcast on a Samsung. That was my actual Google search. Man. Uh, so if you are like me, don't even, you know, you can just go to the website. It's easy enough. I don't know what the issue is. Uh, anyway, that was fun. Appreciate that. ESPN Roundtable brought to us by Paradise Falls. Quick break. On the other side, boys and girls, it's time for a Wing It Wednesday. You want to get some wings? We got some trivia for you. Here's your phone number, okay? Here's your phone number, 361-3688. Call right now, 361-3688. Wings to the Desperado Sports Tavern, the best wings in the city of Missoula. They are open for business, by the way, for pickup right now. And uh, so you can get over there, get yourself some dinner. But 361-3688, you'll get here to the ESPN studio. We'll ask you a couple of questions. We'll do some trivia. We'll tag team it right after this. At Blackfoot, we're experts at keeping customers and communities connected online. In fact, we executed our own business continuity plan, quickly mobilizing to keep our communities online with the service and experience they need. You need to stay connected, too, and we can help. From home internet to remote workforce deployments, contact Blackfoot to learn how we can help you stay connected today and in the future. Call 866-541-5000 or visit goblackfoot.com slash remote workforce to learn more.
Welcome back to Tell Nuanas. 1029 ESPN Radio. You want to do some trivia? 361-3688, the phone number. 361-3688. I still got to look at it on the sheet. You know, I haven't got it all the way locked in. So, again, 361-3688 is the new phone number for today. Got some trivia for you on the draft. Coulter, what's your trivia about over there? What do you think? Lady Grizz basketball. 361-3688, the phone number. You're going to get wings to the Desperado Sports Tavern. That much we can guarantee. Okay? One way or another, it's going to happen if you'd like to, but we'll have a little bit of fun with it. Uh, if uh, you would like to uh, follow us along on the social medias, Tutel Nuanas, we appreciate that. It's at Gus Tutel, at Gus Tutel. That's me, at 1029 ESPN. That's the station. And also at Skyline Sports MT, where you can go get all of that uh, that you want to get. The MLB deal is so interesting, Coulter, because I was listening yesterday to ESPN Radio, as I do from time to time, and uh, one thought was that they're going to cut these 40 teams in minor league baseball Mm -hmm. from being affiliated as minor league teams, but not cut them as being teams with leagues. Right. And so... The obviously there's issues with money, with transportation, and with all of the way that these things would go. But I thought that was an interesting consideration where you could have competing narratives that could sort of both be true. Yes, MILB is going to cut or you know have an agreement to cut 40 teams, but no, the 40 teams aren't actually being erased from the face of the earth, as it were. We'll certainly try and find out more as we can going forward. But uh, you know, I, I I don't know. It's worth it's worth consideration. I know that. People have been, I think, somewhat pessimistic about how this whole thing's going to shake out, especially amidst the virus and the loss of economic revenue and all that kind of thing. Um, but, but you know, I think there's there's still a, a fair amount out there to consider and think about. So there you go. There's my thoughts. Sounds as if we have a caller. Well, let's go. I, let's go. Let's go to Pat. You just didn't like any of my minor league baseball uh, take. I, I did. I thought it was. This all comes down to money. If the Pioneer League disappears, can the Osprey, the Paddleheads now still exist? We'll see. Thank you. Can they exist independently, <laughs> or can they exist if they don't have regional partners? You're out of control today, man. Me? Yes. I've, I've just been waiting this whole jam-packed, excellent show to tell you guys about how I almost made myself go oh, blind. We'll tell them loud. in the last segment, give away some wings. Okay, Let's so have Pat. banging away on the computer. You Pat, welcome into the show. Uh, you, my friend, are our first ever Wing It Wednesday caller at the new studio. We have been working very hard to get these phones up and running, so we appreciate you being here. How are you? We're doing great, guys. How are you? Well, we're doing outstanding ourselves. Thanks very much. Now, here's the deal. Coulter and I are combining questions. Not combining questions, but we're going to combine because we're just do- we only have time for one today. Okay, so you're it. So you have your winning wings, okay? But... You still got to answer the questions. You're jumping through the hoops. That's the way we got it set up. So, I, Colter, do you want to ask your question for You have two or one? I have two. Okay, you ask yours first. I got one question. It's a two-parter, and then you can ask your third one. If you need help on these, you can ask the other one the lifeline question, okay? Sounds good. Boy, some chicken wings would really hit the spot. Tell me likey. Tell me what wingy. All right, Pat, here we go. Question one from Coulter. All right, Pat, number one, Mike Petrino, but named the interim coach for the Lady Grizz basketball team. The Petrino name is famous in the coaching world around the state of Montana. 
I'll let you pick any of them if you can tell me where one of Mike's relatives, whether it's a brother or a cousin, coaches right now. I'll give you one hint. They're all football coaches. If you can tell me where any of those guys coach right now, that's that's what I'm looking for. Uh, I believe one's at the University of Idaho. Paul, oh, Paul Petrino, it. Mike's cousin, is at the University of Idaho. You got Staying it. Staying in conference. Excellent work. Bobby Petrino at uh, Missouri State, and um, his, Mike's both of his brothers are at Southern Illinois. So right. some FCS flavor all the way around. All three of them FCS coaches. Absolutely. Okay, my question for you, Pat, is on the NFL draft. It's two-parters. They are unrelated parts, okay? A, quite a non-sequitur. The first part is this. How? What rounds are on what days? The draft covers three days. What rounds are on what days? And also, since it's on three days, who are the three top quarterback prospects in this year's NFL draft? Well, I believe Thursday is just round one. Bang. You got it. So now the rest is a little bit of a guess. I think uh, maybe two through four. Or Friday? You're close. But two you're through not. three. Two, through, two and three on Friday, four through seven Saturday. That's how they stagger the thing out. Saturday, you know, you got the whole day. They start the thing at like noon Eastern on Saturday. Just sit your feet on the couch and look at pick number 173 coming across the what's board the, out of what's the weather Alcorn like? State. What's the weather like? Well, because I always feel guilty when I watch... Oh, the, the day last three. round because nah, I nah, should nah. get outside. You gotta, you gotta watch it because this is sports now officially. Pat. Well, this is what we're so and happy then, about. This neck here. of the woods, the late, the last day, is the most compelling day because it's when all the guys that we know. That's right. Go or either think about going. Exactly. So then, uh, top three draft uh, quarterback draft prospects, Pat. You know who those three guys are? Uh, Burrow, uh, Tua, and Herbert. Last name, first name, last name, way to avoid the landmine of Tongo Vailoa, <laughs> which I, again, messed Tongo up. Tongo Vailoa. That's right. Tongo? Yeah. No, no, no. Anyhow, a very Vailoa. good, uh, Pat, excellent work. Final question for you. Go ahead, Coulter. All right, Pat, former Lady Grizz head coach and former all-time great player Shannon Schwain, who played as a Lady Grizz at Shannon Kate, all-time leading scorer in the history of the University of Montana. Do you know who's second? Which guard Ooh. from a guard from Billings, Montana, who played for the Lady Grizz in the mid two thousands, is the second all time leading scorer in the history of the Lady Grizz? Nineteen hundred and fifty nine points. Can you name that all American guard? Oh, starts with an M. It does. Um, just Morales. Andy Morales. Andy Morales. Bang. Good Look job. That. That's a that's a hard question. Good hey. job, Pat. That was very impressive. Pat, excellent work. Give your information to Tommy. We're going to get you set up with wings and maybe even a little bit extra since you're the first one at the new studio. Congratulations. Great work. Man. Bonus question for Pat. Oh, boy. Here we go. What was your take on that original Macklemore call, Pat? <laughs> <laughs> well... I'm still not sure that's his name. <laughs> I was the guy that only. I was still the guy that only had two daughters. Um, uh, you know that was pretty much my take. Still. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, Pat, very much for that. Coulter claims that because he's already almost blind, and due to COVID nineteen in a relation that I still haven't quite figured out. He almost went all the way blind. Supposedly, he's going to tell us how next.
At Blackfoot, we're experts at keeping customers and communities connected online. In fact, we executed our own business continuity plan, quickly mobilizing to keep our communities online with the service and experience they need. You need to stay connected too, and we can help. From home internet to remote workforce deployments, contact Blackfoot to learn how we can help you stay connected today and in the future. Call 866-541-5000 or visit goblackfoot.com slash remote workforce to learn more. ESPN Radio. You miss anything in the show? Listen on the podcast. Two Tell Nuwana's podcast available wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen all the time. Thanks to Blackfoot hooking that up for us. Great subscribe review. We appreciate it. Coulter, I don't know, 60 seconds. Tell tell the people you're this, near miss for th- vision. This is, this, is, this is quick. Anybody listening to the show consistently knows I am so blind. I'm close to being legally blind. It's almost uncorrectable, but I'm not there yet, so I'm holding on. I wear contacts. They're about they're eight out of ten on the strength, which is pretty ridiculous for contacts. I also have an astigmatism, so when I don't have my contacts in, it's not going that well for me. I also lost a lens in one of my glasses, so I haven't been able to wear those. Okay, whatever. So the other morning, I go to put my contacts. I put one in, and then I put the other one in. All of a sudden, my left eye is just on fire. I cannot believe how bad it hurts. Then I realized that my bottle of homemade hand sanitizer that my mother <laughs> has made me has dripped, maybe just one or two drips, but that's all, into the contact. So I'm sitting here thinking, what's going on? I got the coronavirus in my eye. I'm trying to peel this thing out. My whole eye is on fire. I'm falling over. I can't find it. And then I'm looking for a new contact. I'm half blind, can see halfway. Disaster. It's finally starting to feel like winter around here. And if you need some nice winter gear... How about the fine folks at Sitka? They make awesome winter clothes, and they sell custom Bobcat Sitka gear at the MSU Bookstore. You can shop online anytime at msubookstore.org, or, of course, you can check out the MSU Bookstore live and in person there on the Montana State campus. They also have some graduation regalia back in order there at the MSU Bookstore. They have an awesome American Indian Council selection as well. Visit on campus anytime you need blue and gold or visit online anytime, anywhere, msubookstore.org. MSU Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day located there on the Montana State campus. 